Hey, midweek with line movers. Done with Daytona moving out to California, Fontana, Auto Club Speedway, whatever you want to call it. Um, two mile, high tire wear, intermediate oval in the uh, Inland Empire, California, uh, east of San Diego, east of Ontario Airport, east of Los Angeles, out in the mountains, out off the I-15. Um, California track. Remember, we have California and Vegas coming up very soon, so teams have the opportunity to leave their equipment or at least stay on the West Coast uh, for a while after Daytona. Obviously, we've talked ad infinitum. Good week, Daytona. Good opening week. And we've got some early early numbers down. Bovada um, <clears throat> dropped some surprisingly uh, good mistake lines for us on Sunday night. I realize it's probably very hard to get down on those. I didn't get much down on them, but sort of uh, led us where we're going this week. Um, early on, we're going to buy some longer shots. We're probably not going to mess with a lot of what I would consider the top 10 cars. Um, the favorites are too expensive and good cars. The books really can't seem to segregate, segregate or segment, um, are all seemingly locked in at 12 to one at 1200. Um, there's a lot of good cars there, but it's hard on the value side to, uh, to make much money there. If you're betting a lot of different cars at that kind of prices. So, um, let's look at this track. Um, it's an intermediate, um, high tire wear though. So it feels more like Homestead, um, you know, more like some of the shorter tracks in that you'll go through tires. So the guys who are, uh, this is obviously a big arrow track, but obviously big, big, high, big tire wear track as well. The ones we're comparing this to, uh, are Darlington and Homestead. Um, you know, you could loop in maybe some of the other one and a half miles to go through, uh, they go through a lot of tires. Also, Michigan is a two-mile track, though, sort of dissimilar to this one. But a lot of the guys who do well at Michigan have done well here. It's not a super high R-square, but it's one of those where you want to take it in mind as well because it's a very horsepower-dependent track, very error-dependent, and a track where Kyle Larson's been, frankly, also really, really good, even when he used to be in lesser equipment. So understand there's some guys and some tendencies that are going to work here um, regardless. California track has been around since the 90s, um, and was part of the big, you know, the big building, big building boom in NASCAR when everybody was going a mile and a half, except for these guys, uh, at the end of the 90s. So all these car, all these tracks are reaching that 20, 25-year area of age. Uh, who's won here before? Well, as you'd expect, because um, he's from out west and he's run everything, uh, Kyle Busch is really, really good here, and he looked pretty good at Daytona. Um, you know, was never going to win there, but he seems to have moved over to that car with uh, – no slippage at all, and the lines he's getting, lines he's seeing this week, seem to indicate that as well. Uh, Kyle Busch, a four-time winner in Cup here. Arvik, a winner in 2011. Keselowski in 2015. Uh, we mentioned Kyle Larson, two Cup wins here, 2017 and 2022, uh, last year. Martin Truex, a winner in a Toyota back in 2018. And Alex Bowman, Alex Bowman, who won at Vegas last year, the race after this, 2020 winner, uh, here at Auto Club in California. Um, not really any truck races recently, not in the last 15 years, so you better skip those out of your out of your evaluation. Kyle Busch, as you expect, six, count them, six Xfinity Series wins here uh, between 2008 and 2013, so not that new. Uh, Joey Logano has won here three times, 09, 012, and 018. Larson won here twice, 2014, 2017. This is one of his best tracks by far. Uh, Harvick in an Xfinity car in 15. Austin Dillon, like him here, they like to seem a little cheaper. 
Austin Dillon, the Xfinity car, in 16. Cole Custer got sent back down to Xfinity and is super expensive. He won here in 19 and 22. In 22, he was in a part-time car. And finally, Harrison Burton. Maybe find some value in Harrison Burton um, in Cup. He won here in 2020. And I believe it was Toyota that he had repaired um, for that season. What do we know here? Um, last year, obviously, you went looking, and, and Larson won, but he was far from the, the fastest car. We look at some things. Um, we look at driver rating, which you get off a of racing reference. Uh, we look at green flag speeds. Uh, we look at um, speed rankings on the comparable tracks. And again, right now, that's just limiting that to, to you know, Darlington both times and Homestead. And look at some other places just for just for signs on this. But um, this is kind of a more normal track for Daytona. Daytona, anybody could have won, or at least the first 34, 35 cars had the horsepower to stay in contention. Here, although it's a big track and you won't go a lap down that fast if you're slow, um, it's not like that. You, there are probably only about 15 cars that have a real shot of winning, barring weather or other nonsense. Um, this will not be a super high attrition track. You know, you'll probably see on average three or four cars disappear from attrition on a track like this. We're going to pull the numbers more specifically a little later in the week, but that's the deal. Also, the other thing that kind of throws a monkey wrench in everything this week. You're looking at a situation in Southern California, albeit a little bit higher altitude and inland from L.A., you are looking at temperatures below 50 on Sunday, most likely below 40 on Saturday, with chance of precipitation both days, almost cool enough for that to be snow, almost, on Saturday. So we could be in a situation where we lose qualifying to the weather, we lose races to the weather, we race on Monday, um, this could be dumb. So I don't want to shove a lot of money in on this one if we're expecting the weather we have. Remember last year, recall the week after this in Vegas, the Xfinity Series actually had snow, and high winds and snow that delayed their race uh, on a couple occasions uh, on the Saturday of that weekend. So we are not going to shove a bunch of money in on this, I don't think, until we see either qualifying or some matchups and usually matchups that I want to see don't post till later, later in the week. So this is an interesting, interesting track. It's typically very predictable, but what I'm seeing are a lot of expensive lines on cars. I kind of like, but don't really want to, you know, jump in the pool on invest heavily. Um, and I see a chance of weather and I just, that, that bothers me a little bit. So we will figure this out. Um, last year, the big surprise guy went to the pole is a guy we've bet consistently and as a favorite of ours because we know he's very talented and his equipment quality is coming up and that's Eric Jones and Eric Jones uh, last year was on the pole here had had a good finish here um had good finishes at Darlington which is maybe his best track he, this track type suits him some banking some tire wear um some loose as fast type conditions Jones ended up finishing third and having the highest green flag speed last year at California, um, led early, then gave it back, was in contention seemingly all day uh, before Larson Larson won. Other guys who were fast here last year, um, Reddick was very fast here. He was top five in, in what you call green flag speed. Uh, but remember, first few weeks of the season, all the Toyotas were having overheating problems. The Toyotas were trash um, at Vegas and at Cal because they lost multiple cars to overheating or other problems. So maybe the books are overgrading Toyota right now, improving them substantially from last year, assuming all that's over, probably is, 
But last year, the Toyota cars really had a problem early in the season with overheating or problems, mechanical problems related to the new body and the new car. But Reddick was very fast, and he moves from Chevy to Toyota now. Uh, William Byron, very fast, and very good at this track type, and very good at tire wear tracks, whether they're short tracks or long tracks. Uh, and Byron's one of the names we sent out on Sunday night to Bovada, and actually may still be in play. We gave him to you at 1600 of Bovada on Sunday night, first first book to list. Actually popped out yesterday and today at 1800 on DK. Uh, so that actually bent, leaned the right way. Loved that. Uh, we also ordered a little bit of Logano because Bovada had it at 14. It's 1200 or more expensive everywhere else. Logano's good here. He finished fifth last year. Other guys who were good here, and it was interesting, Ricky Stenhouse coming off that Daytona win, he was pretty good, and he just had moments where he got to the lead, or he stuck out, uh, had some speed, Hendrick Motor, but a a one-car Chevy team, JFG Darty. last year he finished 10th, but for about the first two, three months of the season, Stenhouse was a guy you would throw a dart at just in case, you know, that 40-1, to 60-1, 80-1 out there. Austin Sendrick finished 12th last year after winning the Daytona 500. For some reason, the books don't think Ford can win. But it's odd to have Logano out there at 12 or 14 to 1 and Cindric out there at 75 or 80. So we'll invest a little bit of Cindric. I think we already sent out that number at 75. Actually, it's also 80 on Bet365 tonight, Tuesday night. As usual, we'll nibble on Cindric. Look, I'm going to nibble in every race on Jones, on Cindric, and then on Bell and Reddick when they're cheap because they're just so good. And they can be good anywhere. Um, other cars, Bowman wasn't particularly good here last year, but he has a win in his book. He's good at high tire wear tracks, uh, and he had, he had an incident in this race, um, you know, attrition-wise. He ended up 25th. He was not right. Uh, Chase Briscoe, same way. Um, I think he's 40-1 to this week. We're going to auto-buy some of these guys, just a little, a dart, just until they win again because they're, they're going to win again. Uh, Christopher Bell had got caught in the Toyota overheating issue. He was fast when he was on the track, but he ends up 36, as did uh, Chris Busher in the Ford. So we'll nibble around the edges of some of these guys. The other guy who's cheap, although I wish he were cheaper, is Austin Dillon. He ended up finishing second. Was not that fast on green flag speed, but has been very competitive here and on this track type. Uh, has a win in Xfinity. Obviously, he's running the same motor as Kyle Busch. So if you think Kyle Busch is going to be competitive, Dillon's sitting there on the same equipment. So that has the potential to to work out work out well. Otherwise, no real surprises or nobody else here that was surprisingly good. Bubba Wallace fell into the Toyota um, overheating controversy. I think he's better than that, but I don't know if I still don't know if I'd buy him at the forty to fifty to one area. Probably at forty, I guess. Um, Chase Elliott was bad here, just flat out. Um, didn't qualify well. I believe he started from the back. There were, there were five or six guys who, who had inspection problems and started from the back. Remember, the early part of the season, you had a lot of a lot of things happening that were odd, odd attrition. You had inspection flaws and guys starting from the back who had very good cars. Um, you also had everyone was going out with underinflated um, tires uh, to let them warm up and was blowing, I believe, his right rears at a very high rate. So you'd have cars either doing one of two things, either just losing a tire early in a run because they'd gone too far in the underinflation, or B, overdriving one and spinning the thing and either end up in the infield or in the wall in an incident where it was a one-car incident. Um, you know, they, they wrecked themselves. So at this point in the season, for the first four to six weeks on high-speed tracks, you had a lot of guys just 
just, you know, anvils dropping out of the heavens take guys out of races because they didn't know what they were doing in this brand new car. I think we'll have less of that now. But understand, there's going to be times you just look up and some idiot has spun himself on the, you know, on the, on the back, back side of the track. You look up at someone who's actually good. It's an Elliot. It's a Bowman. It's a Bush. So understand, these guys are still trying to figure out the ragged edge of these cars. And California is one of the fastest places to run them if you're not on a plate track. And dumb, there's room for dumb things to happen. Um, I think Ford's better off than they were last year. I'm not sure how many Fords are truly fast enough to win. Uh, but Logano and Blaney are priced like it. Um, and if you're going to nibble, I like Cendric. Um, but, you know, Cendric and Briscoe. Again, young guys over old guys. Either 38 years old, you're going to hit that wall. And uh, that's why we started, we spent the last couple of years fading Truex and Harvick pretty exclusively. And that has paid off over and over and over. So, <clears throat> what's all that tell you? I don't have a ton of early picks. We got them out Sunday night. I've given you the nibbles in here. If you're in the Discord, you'll be getting more stuff throughout the week. Uh, Xfinity, damn, the books are pricing these tough. I don't like them at all. Um, there may be a few nibbles around the edges. I want to see where Sheldon Creed is priced everywhere because he's great at tire wear tracks and the books are not respecting him right now. But for the most part, I'm going to stay away from this stuff. You're going to probably see from me a lot of in-race betting on cars that are expensive in both these races once we get to the weekend. But hopefully, we'll get some matchups we like and get to play them and beat the books on line movers.